I'm broadcasting live in Chris concert. Ludacris, where are you? Back up. Get out the way. Get out the way, bitch. Get out the way. ostensibly a baseball podcast ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening coming at you from champaign illinois tonight is thursday august the 6th my name is joel with me tonight as per usual is sam sam how's it going uh hey joel i'm doing well i'm broadcasting as usual from brooklyn new york uh my hot take tonight um it has to do with our walk-up song, actually, is my hot take is that to nominate Joe Kelly to the Dump on the Ump Hall of Fame, which it occurs to me I might have done in the past already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to nominate him to the Dump on the Hump, Dump on the Ump Hall of Fame for throwing at first Alex Bregman and then Alex and then uh, Carlos Correa's head. Right. And then he threw the ball straight at you know, 200 mile an hour fastballs at Carlos Correa's head. And then he struck him out on a slider down and away, which Carlos Correa just waved at, looked really bad. And then, uh, and then he said, Joe Kelly said to Correa, nice swing, bitch. (laughs) Um, And then he got suspended for eight games, which is fucking ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yes, that is ridiculous. Uh, What I would saying nice swing bitch after trying to drill like give someone a concussion if not serious brain damage and then like walking (laughs) off the field talking shit and making like sad kissy faces (laughs) at the other bench like to me like this guy is the epitome of baseball player to me sure yeah joe kelly joe kelly fight club first rule about joe kelly fight club don't talk about joe kelly fight club right Second rule of Joe Kelly Fight Club, say nice swing, bitch, to <laughs> the guy you just struck out. One thing I wanted to point out, the Astros are struggling with their batting average over the first two weeks of the season. Might have something to do with the fact that they can't bang on their goddamn fucking trash cans anymore. Yeah, they can't cheat anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Another fun fact about that walk-up song, this is just an aside that I think that our viewers will, or our listeners will find very interesting. Back in college, Joel and I had a ludicrous, an acapella ludicrous cover band. That's true. Uh, briefly. That's true. Who else was in that band? It was just you and me, I think. Oh, it was Kane. It was maybe Kaylin. Yeah. We haven't had Kaylin on the podcast yet. We need to... Get him on it, don't we? I know. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll, I'll reach out to him for next week, maybe. Especially once the NFL starts. I want to get his hot takes on the NFL real badly. Right. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, my name's Joel, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, which happens to be the birthplace of Ludacris, even though he is from the Dirty South. He is a Shambana born and raised boy, so... Uh, I've you know got. 
we just gotta get ludicrous on this podcast. We gotta get like, ludicrous. God damn. Like there's like way too much connection, I think. Forget Kalen. We need a ludicrous <laughs> podcast. Yeah, what's he doing? Nothing. No, he's doing voices. Have you followed the voices uh rap battles? The um uh what god damn it, my my brain just froze up. During the quarantine, uh rappers have been doing rap battles that you can like tune into. Sweet. And Ludacris did one and apparently it was amazing. I can't fuck. I can't remember who he battled. No, look it up. Look it up because yeah. people were like he did a great job and was just amazing at it. Right. Yeah. And it's hard, you know, like he did all those Fast and Furious movies, so it seems like he, you know, that's kind of like low-hanging fruit for rap battle shit. You know what I mean? I feel like Ludacris is at the stage of his career where he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he does. But, so, he, I mean, he, he always has been like that, but now more so than ever. Right. Sorry, anyway, back to your hot take. Sorry to interrupt. No, good interruption. I was just thinking maybe... We should nominate Ludacris as well as Joe Kelly to the Dump on the Hump Hall of Fame. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so today is August 6th, and today is a very auspicious day in history. So uh, my hot take is on this date. Here we go. 1890, Cy Young makes his uh, major league uh First start in Major League Baseball in 1890, August 6th, 1890. Yeah, great Red Sox. As a Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, I think he played his whole career for the Red Sox. Cy Young did? Yeah. You sure about that? Yep. Um, On this date, 1952, Satchel Paige, age 48, throws a 12-inning shutout. For the St. Louis Browns. On this date, uh, 1965, the Voting Rights Act is signed by Lyndon B. Johnson. On this date, 1972, Hank Aaron hits home runs number 660 and 661. And on this date, 1973, Roberto Clemente is inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame less than nine months after he dies in a plane crash. So August 6th, remember, it's a big date. I mean, that wasn't a very funny hot take, but, you know, Satchel Paige, Hank Aaron, Cy Young. Lyndon Cy Young played for the Boston Americans. Who became the Boston Red Sox? Boston American. Right. Who became the Boston Red Sox? And he threw the first pitch of the first World Series ever. For the Boston Americans? Yep. yep. And they won that World Series, right? Yeah. Yep. Five games to three games. Yep. Against the other Boston team, possibly? Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. Anyway, so uh, we should make August 6th some kind of national holiday. All right, that was not a very good hot take, but I was really like, 
Satchel Paige, Roberto Clemente, Cy Young, Hank Aaron. Yeah, Those... Professor Professor J would have liked that one. Exactly. That's what I yes. said. Lyndon Bage Johnson. Right. We want you back, Jay. We want like, I know that the first time around was a fucking shit show, but we got our shit together now. Yeah, I'll Facebook him. <laughs> Uh, speaking of shit shows, thank you to everybody who listened to last week's episodes where we mourned uh, the coronavirus sacrifice of the Miami Marlins and also the B-Block, where we just talked about Avengers, which you guys really liked. So maybe we should just turn this into a fucking Avengers. Yeah, I have thoughts. <laughs> I have ideas. Yeah, well, oh, do you? <laughs> Additional? I thought of something. I meant to text you and I forgot. I've forgotten about it now. But I did. I had something where I was like, oh, I got to text Joel. Oh, yeah, the thing yeah. about Captain America being a huge homophobe. Oh, yeah. That's a problematic, like, subtext. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you he know he to, is. He has to look. I think, I, I don't know. Maybe it's more about race than homophobia. But they, they do have to be like, he has to learn how to not be in 1945 anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, shout out to all our listeners. Uh, San Francisco, California, Moscow. Those are the bots, Sam. Moscow. Uh, or Putin's just a big fan. Dude, what sport do you think Putin's favorite is? Hockey. Are you kidding me? Not like... That have you seen the clips of that weird Russian uh, slap game? Have you not seen the game where Putin plays like in an inter squad game with I the Russian hockey yeah. team? Yeah. And he wins, <laughs> like he scores like six goals. <laughs> I have seen that. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, like 60 years old and scores like six goals against the Russian national hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of stand there. Also, he's a judo fan. Doesn't he do judo also? Yeah, no, actually, okay, this is off task, but I think he is actually straight up pretty good at judo. Right, well, he was like a KGB agent. Like, they, yeah. you know, he's trained to kill men, you know what yeah. I mean? But that's different than the hockey where it's like they kind of slowly, it's like the Special Olympics things where like, they let the kids slam dunk on Russell Westbrook. Right. Yeah, that was that was the hockey thing. Judo well, was more like propaganda, you know. Well, they didn't want to get executed. <laughs> right. The first like idiot who cross checks Putin into the boards. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Would that be worth it? Would it be worth it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. It might yeah. be worth it. Although, you know, like, you know, Putin would make it not worth it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, but, like, but it might be worth going to the gulag to, like, prospect Putin, but, like, not Putin's gulag. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'd take your fingernails first. Yeah. Um, Mountain View, California, Tampa, Florida. We're not going to talk about football, but how you think Tom Brady's doing right now? Probably fine. Tom <laughs> Brady like doesn't even know coronavirus is happening. I know. <laughs> he, uh, this is getting us way off task. He was like getting interviewed uh, by uh, ESPN or something, and he 
gave a FDR quote, a Franklin Roosevelt quote, and my immediate response was like, does he realize that Franklin Roosevelt had polio? Like, <laughs> like, do you think Tom Brady is an anti-vaxxer? Uh, maybe. I, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I also would not be surprised. Right. All right, sorry, getting this off task. Buffalo, New York, go Buffalo Blue Jays. Yeah. The only real sports team and the only real baseball team in New York. It's true. <laughs> Dude, how great would it be? Uh, hold on, hold on. There only is one New York baseball team. It's the Buffalo Blue Jays. Buffalo Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> Champaign, Illinois, Haverhill, Massachusetts, Portland, Oregon, Brussels, Belgium. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to, if you are listening to us on Apple iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and a like. Recommend us to your friends. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify. And oh, hey, I got a, I got one more shout out. Oh, do it. <clears throat> I got to give a shout out to my my boy Jay who. Uh, listen, I saw the other day and was told me he was listening to the podcast when we were talking a lot of shit about Capsule Pharmacy, who at the time was like uh, employing him. <laughs> like <clears throat> he had a contract with them that was worth a lot of money, and he was like really upset about it. So shout out to Jay for being pro Capsule. Wait, what was the context that we were talking about this? Oh, I was talking shit about Capsule because Capsule was saying that they were being, like, their service was altruistic in preventing coronavirus because they brought your drugs to you. Right. As opposed to you going to your pharmacy to get your drugs. But it was like a whole, like, campaign, like, marketing push to be like, oh, we're doing good things and it's like bitch you were doing the same thing before coronavirus like you're not like trying to save the world we're doing what yep watch them no huh yep can you hear me now yeah i can hear you so what were they doing capsule capsule was doing what capsules an online pharmacy so oh i guess my only concern is did we cost your friend his job i mean maybe He's not working for them anymore. <laughs> but no, I don't think so. In terms of We're moment, good. I don't Getting think off to a good start. You ready for headlines? Yeah, you lose me again? What's going on here? Joe? I am here. We're having some technical difficulties. Why the fuck is this happening? We've been on this call for over an hour, and it's been fine. And now all of a sudden it's going crazy. Anyway, I'm here now. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Uh, This is the highest quality podcast on the internet. Don't you guys worry about it. Fucking so pissed right now. I know, I know. Okay, here we go. Headlines, ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, starting off with college football. 
Uh, one of my favorite things. So, in theory, the 2020 college football season is supposed to start approximately three weeks from now. However, as everybody knows, in theory, communism works. But in reality, the coronavirus pandemic has upended college football just like it has everything else and has left everyone scrambling to put pieces back together. Earlier this month, both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 conferences officially canceled all of their non-conference games, and excuse me, and the ACC soon followed suit. In addition, several other conferences, notably the Ivy League, which I want to get back to later, have canceled their football seasons altogether. More importantly, however, the players, the football players themselves, have begun to realize that even if the games start this fall, that doesn't necessarily mean that it will be safe to play. To that end, a group of Pac-12 players and later Big Ten players joined them on this. They have published a list of demands seeking improved health and safety protections, financial reforms, and changes regarding social justice reform. So, Sam, my question is, is coronavirus the beginning of the end for quote-unquote amateurism in college football? Well, hopefully, but I'm, I'm just going to say something first, then I'll get back to your question. <clears throat> it bothers me, this whole thing, when people are like, in theory, communism works, right? Because That's communism a, it's works. A, it's Simpson's quote. <clears throat> right. Communism works in practice, Joel. It just doesn't scale very well. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I, okay. I, it was a Simpsons quote. It's Simpsons quote. <laughs> what? Uh, like, Cuba, Cuba is a very functioning, like, government. Right. Yeah. Um, Russia is probably the same mafia state it's been the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. China, too. Yeah, China is something completely different, I think. I think the Chinese are... On to some next level shit right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to your question. Yes. Sorry, it's right up coming. I think, I think it is. Yeah. Um, it is the end of amateurism and college football, which has like been coming for a while. Right. The fucked up thing about college football and college sports in general being like these huge money makers is then like, the athletes that move through it aren't there long enough to like organize or like recognize their power in the situation, right? Uh -huh. um, this like coronavirus, like a public health emergency is like a thing that they can all get together on and flex because like, you know, if Texas Tech college football athletes refuse to play this year, that college goes under. Like, they can't survive a year without college football. And, yeah. and the, it, like, the players need to recognize that and, like, make some moves for the players that come after them. Mike, um, Mike Gundy, the coach at Oklahoma State, basically said exactly what you're saying, but that was part of, and I'm going to reference the Simpsons fucking again, saying the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. Right. He was like, we need to force these players back onto the field because if we don't make money off of them, the college is going to go under. Right. 
is Oklahoma State. Right, that's Oklahoma State. That's a big school. What? Yeah. Um, Harvard doesn't give a shit if anybody exactly. plays sports that, ever yeah. again. <laughs> that was the point I wanted to make. Yes, that ex- you were exactly right. And and that should have been the canary in the coal mine. When Harvard and Yale, who do not give a flying fuck about the money generated by college football, Right. It's, it's tradition only. It's tradition only for them. Sure. Sure. But but they, they don't need the, the money. No. They never needed the money. No. Um, so uh, five years ago in 2015, a bunch of college football players at Northwestern University in the north suburbs of Chicago tried to unionize. Uh-huh. And they failed, but they did a good job of challenging the concept of the student athlete. Because why are they not workers? Right. They because generate revenue. They generate revenue. If you were a worker, then there are certain responsibilities that the university, ha- the your employer, has to provide for you to guarantee a reasonably safe workplace. Right. The players have not, as it stands now, because they are quote unquote student athletes, they get none of those benefits. Right. I hope, you know, I'm a union guy. Yep. I hope that this is a push for. And somehow anti communist. I'm not anti communist. What are you talking about? <laughs> I actually am kind of anti communist. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, you can be a union guy and be anti-communist. Sure. <laughs> Point is that the NCAA is going to be caught in a bind of trying to uh, pigeonhole these players as student-athletes. And a student-athlete is basically somebody you don't have to pay. Right. A worker but, you don't have to pay. Exactly. A, a revenue worker, producer. Yeah. Yeah, which, they're like, oh, we're paying for your education, but they're also not giving these kids educations. And what's another word for a worker you don't have to pay? Anyway, we're not going to dwell on that for very long, since eighty percent of football players are African American. Indentured uh, servant? No, because a slave is a, a worker that you own, like. Like probably it's not a worker that you don't have to pay. You know what I mean? I do. I actually do. That is yeah. an interesting distinction. Uh, the issue is, are all these universities going to go under? I mean, I think that if you're an academic institution and you can't support yourself on your academics, then you shouldn't probably be in business. Right. And if you're a state-run school, why are you in business at all? Right, if you're a state-run school. Why Why are we funding state-run schools with college football? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the insane thing. Um, one more note before we move on. I don't want to let the NFL off the hook because the NFL has a lot to fucking do with this because basically the NFL depends upon... College football as a state-funded 
minor league. Right. Because it's too expensive to do your own. You know, the NBA has the D League. Major League Baseball until this year had minor league baseball. Right. Like, you need development leagues. The NFL basically set up college football to be their own D League that taxpayers paid for. So, I actually want to get back this back to this in the third. Uh, the third oh, block. Okay, yeah, okay, good. So, like, right, let's move on. To yeah, be, to be continued. To be continued. But there's like an interesting thing where, like, you know, it used to be that, like, other than Major League Baseball, college football was like the number one, like the number two sport. It was like everybody followed college football. And then it was like everyone graduated from college and there was nothing for the athletes after that. Uh-huh. And that's where, that's where the NFL came from. And so it's like, that's how. Sure. That sure. Yeah, yeah. That's it. We should do a B block about that because college football as historically, along with baseball is the oldest sport in America. Right. Like it's, it's, its legacy goes back to the 1870s. Yep. Um, but in the last 50 years, it's just become this, you know, monster money generated. Cash cow. Cash cow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I got to say, even though I hope that this will lead to reforms in college football, I'm really sad because the Ducks were going to be really good this year. <laughs> you say that every year, though. Yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's get to baseball. Let's go. Let's put a pin in this conversation. I think this is going to be an ongoing conversation throughout the fall. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, headline number two. We're going back to baseball right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this crashed. Hold on. Okay. Rob Manfred <clears throat> furthers divide between league and players. That's the headline. Commissioner slash enemy of baseball. Rob and, Manfred and dump on the ump. Enemy of dump on the ump. Also. Enemy of dump on the. Well, no, he's our enemy. Yes. Like. Right, he were his enemy. Does he not know that he is our enemy? He, what's what am I trying to say here? Nemesis. I'm not afraid of him. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, he's right. afraid of us. He has no power over me. Sure. I have power over him. That's the. That's Good what point. I'm trying to Good say. Good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's our, no, no, enemy of baseball and enemy of us. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or target. Oh, yeah. Uh Yeah. I don't know. He's our enemy. Fuck that guy. Uh, (coughs) He ripped players both in an email to union president Tony Clark and in the press for the outbreaks on the Marlins and the Cardinals. He blamed the players 100% for the coronavirus outbreaks that are kind of ravaging Major League Baseball right now. Then, in response to a question about whether or not he would consider canceling the season, he said, we will keep playing. We are not quitters. Speaking for 
all of baseball, right? Players were understandably angry that Manfred would be speaking for them when he so clearly doesn't care if they live or die uh, or, you know, succeed or fail, whatever. So the question is, do you think Manfred is intentionally ruining the relationship between the league and the players union? And if so, why? Uh, fuck. Short answer, yes. Long answer, it's complicated. Again, the CBA is up after next season, correct? Right. So both the Players Union and Manfred are simultaneously trying to figure out a way to get through this season and posturing for the best possible positions for negotiations next season. I feel like neither of them really care about this season so much. I feel like it's all posturing. That's interesting. Okay, let me let me the league specifically for the league. I think that they don't care about this season. Okay, let me let me let me float an idea and, and then see what you think. My thought is both sides need this season to actually happen, and this is why Manfred is pushing through. Because they can't take a 100% loss. They need some television revenue. They need ESPN and the local networks to air these fucking baseball games. They can't take a 100% loss on this season. Right. That was my thought. So whatever it takes to get these games... You know, we're gonna we're gonna play seven seven inning double headers between the Phillies and the Marlins because we need to broadcast these games. And then we'll deal with the health issues later. That was my impression. Do you it sounds like you are not you 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 have a different perspective. Um, well, let's see. I don't think the league cares so much about the players right now. I agree with that. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel like baseball has become so not monetized necessarily, but it's all just numbers to the teams. Like, there's no... You know, there's no, like, personal connection there anymore. And so they don't, you know, one man down, like, let's amalgamate the next same amount of statistics with whoever else, you know? Yeah. So, hmm. I guess I don't know why... Like, I feel like there's going to be a strike in 2021 right now. Probably. I don't see how that benefits the league. But I also feel like that's what the league is pushing for this season, is for a lockout in 2021 and a strike. And I don't know if, like, that's, like, they're pushing for that because they think that they can then turn the tide of public opinion against the players like, is that the plan? Because I don't feel like there are any 
major league baseball owners that are relying on like that can't afford to lose millions and millions of dollars on their baseball team because they've already made like billions of dollars on their baseball team. Right, but I want to I want to interject there. I want to uh first of all advertise our your owner sucks series where we take a look into all the different owners of different major league baseball teams and how they made their monies in shady fucking ways. Right. But one thing I have been reconsidering about this coronavirus season is that on paper, all these motherfuckers are worth three to four billion dollars. Right. But that's on paper. Like, it is imaginary money. Right. And and if they're not, like, once the revenue dries up, they're actually, because they have so much debt everywhere else, that they start to panic. And one example of this is uh, the Cleveland, Ca- Cleveland Cavaliers owner. What's his name? Gilbert. Right. Mm. First name is escaping me right now. He's had to sell uh, $3.5 billion in stock to cover the Cleveland Cavaliers. And how much money does he have in stock, like total? You know, that, that was half of his company. He made his company go public. Right. Um, so, so all these... I'm not trying to let these billionaires off the hook, but their money is like imaginary money in a really weird way. Right. Well, it's not liquid. What? But it's like, who has a billion dollars liquid? Nobody. Right. It's all stock and debt. It's all debt also. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Or it's like, Real estate. Yeah. Like that that's what uh the Mets owner, what's his name? Will Pond. Yeah. Uh, in real estate. Yeah. So I don't know. Um is Manfred intentionally trying to ruin the relationship? He doesn't it, care. I it mean feels, it, it feels like they're angling for a strike. It feels like yeah. The league is trying to goad the union into a strike, and I don't quite get how that works. Like, the last CBA, the league, like, withheld information about how much their product was worth and really screwed the players. And, like, right. that came out, and so, like, the players are kind of due for a win in this CBA. And so maybe that's why the, the owners are trying to stall it. Like, I don't know. That's a good point because the other thing was the players were willing to take a, a less of a cut on the last CBA because it was after the last economic downturn. of And so they were like, okay, we'll take a cut this year, but you're going to need to, pay us back next time but now we're going into yet another recession right oh which brings me to another conspiracy theory which i I think i put out last week was that 
the owners of the Red Sox knew about coronavirus because they didn't try to put together a team this year. Nice. Yeah. So maybe coronavirus was created by Rob Manfred to like weaken the bargaining position of the Major League Baseball Players Union. Or like John Henry, is that his name? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Okay, so. These that's are, a hot take, though. That's a hot take. Yeah. That's a hot fucking take. These <laughs> are cool. I'm getting frustrated yeah. right now. I love this. These are both B-blocks that we need to talk about. We, right. We're like, oh, we'll just briefly talk about amateurism and college athletics and labor relations <laughs> and me doing baseball right. in the age of the pandemic. This is way too serious shit for this podcast. Uh, but can, can we can we pause this conversation and see what develops? Um, like the season, we don't even know if there's going to be a 2021 season. Right. It just seems to me like <clears throat> if Manfred, like the commissioner of baseball, like if I was the commissioner of baseball. I'd be, like, on TV all the time being, like, we love the Florida Marlins. This is so terrible. We're, like, constantly revising our safety reforms. Like, all of our players are heroes, and they're risking so much for, like, going out there every day to play baseball for America. Like, this would be my, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I cared about Major League Baseball and I was the commissioner of baseball, that's what I'd be doing. Like, I'd be the number one cheerleader for Major League Baseball this year right now. Yeah. Because as we said in the past, like, this could be a great thing for baseball if that this could be a thing that people watch when they're, like, at home working from home. You know what I mean? That's a really good point. And I feel like ESPN essentially is the only entity doing that. Right. Because they need live sports broadcast. <laughs> they need the fucking money. Like... <laughs> right. Alright. All right, let's move on. I wanna I wanna come back to this though. We are yeah. not finished with this fucking conversation at totally. all. Um all right. Something a little more fun, but we'll we'll see if it's more fun or not. Uh, the Rock buys the XFL. Listeners of the podcast know that we are obsessed with the XFL and all other uh, minor league NFL <laughs> affiliates. Um, and it's surprising. Right, you don't hate The Rock either. No, yeah. We're fans of The Rock. Yeah, yeah. let's get The Rock. Let's we're get like pro rock. rock. Let's get The Rock and Ludacris on the podcast. Yes. How great would that be? The Rock is too big time for us. <clears throat> Lucas yeah. Chris is like on the, on the fence. On the cusp? Okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's only because there's downtime right now. We might be able to get Ludacris. Also, his champagne connection and that um, uh, we used him as a, we used to have a cover band of him. That's right. We have angles. We have multiple angles. That's Was that when we would go play Foursquare on Wednesdays? Yeah, maybe. 
We didn't yeah. play Foursquare, though, Joe. We just went there and drank all their beer and then left. <laughs> Such terrible friends. Yeah. <laughs> they always yeah. seem happy to have us, though. Right. Yeah. yeah anyway. Basically commentators. That's... Which is what we are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a surprising move that should have the dozens of XFL fans out there wetting themselves with pure rapture, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has, an, has led an investment group that has bought the secondary football league, the XFL, for only $15 million, which for some reason seems both too much and not enough money. The group hasn't said yet what they plan to do with the league, but that leaves the window wide open for us to speculate wildly. Discuss. Okay, so $15 million that's for, not for a product that's completely worthless, right? So that's, like, not enough money. That being said, Vince McMahon, since 2018... And this is the second time around for Vince McMahon and the that's what I was gonna, yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Since 2018, has put over 200 million dollars of his own money into the XFL. That's so fucked up. So he uh, and the the assets uh, of and debts of the XFL come in there are somewhere in between 10 and 50 million dollars. So. The Rock and his, like, his uh, investment group, you know, portfolio, whatever the fuck they call themselves, bought that for $15 million. Um, I think that, okay, so Vince McMahon, he's the WWE guy, right? And, like, that's wildly popular, but it's, like, not universally popular that's like niche you know what i mean it's like a it's a it's a certain demographic that that goes for Mm -hmm. and that's why i think he could never get the xfl to gain popularity is because he didn't have the sort of reach to like bring it into the mainstream which is what you need to do if you're gonna be in the same arena as the NFL and college football. Right. We've talked about this. Right. So this is, this brings us back to the first point. I feel like The Rock has the capability to draw, he has the star power to draw young players to the XFL rather than the NFL. Uh-huh. Rather than going to be a, you know, sit behind Aaron Rodgers for four years in the Green Bay Packers, maybe you go play for The Rock in the XFL and be in primetime immediately, right? Sure, sure. Step one. Also, turn the XFL into a reality TV show a yes. la Hard Knocks, except yes. for like, Mix in a lot of crazy shit, a la Ballers, HBO's Dwayne the Rock Johnson show, right? So like you get like <clears throat> you hire these prostitutes who, to like 
get this one guy to fall in love with them and then they leave with like their best friend, you know, and then it becomes like a drama thing, you know what I mean? Okay, so we've said more than once that that you need to just work for Vince McMahon. He should have hired me years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now I came up with all these ideas in the last five minutes, Joel. Like Right. Go, go, go. I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. I'm not even on cocaine. I got an idea. I got an idea. Exactly. Uh, I worked for 10 hours today. Like, this is my second drink. I'm I'm on it. (laughs) Uh, Did did The Rock work for McMahon? Well, I mean, he was like part of that WWE. Right. Does he or still? And I'm not so, sure. So I guess, he, does does Vince McMahon still have an ownership interest in the, the XFL? Rock. No, does Vince McMahon? Uh, no. It's just The Rock. It's the he Rock's sold it outright. They declared bankruptcy. For nothing. Saying, okay, so he, he wasted $200 million. Right. The XFL declared bankruptcy and the deal with the Rock's ownership group got made like a couple hours before the league was going up for bankruptcy auction. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, you know, presumably the Rock and Vince McMahon have some sort of professional relationship. Because The Rock is like the most famous, one of the most famous figures to come out of Vince McMahon's weird world. You know what I mean? Right. And I think right now, by far the most lucrative. Yeah. Like, he's not more famous than Hulk Hogan, but he'll make him more more famous than Hulk Hogan. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And here's the thing, is that The Rock... Hollywood, like... Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Hollywood's leading man. Right. He's the number one grossing actor in America. And he played college football at the University of Miami. Right. He's buddies with Kevin Hart. Yep. His father and his grandfather were both pro wrestlers. Yeah. He's got all these Hollywood connections. He's got, here's what he's got. He's got Disney money. Yeah. He's got fucking Disney. From Moana. Oh, he's in Moana. He's in Moana. He he is the voice of Maui from Moana. Oh. Like, and so he's got those connections. If you want Hollywood connections, yeah. I, I, I see what, I think... And I think okay, he was sorry, I'm trying to piece this together in my head as I as I as I blunder along. I think The Rock has a plan and The Rock's plan is like to bring this to Hollywood, to connect it with his Hollywood friends, maybe to make it like ball you know, ballers or you know, he's got HBO. He's got HBO connections, he's got Disney connections. He's got Kevin Hart connections. Like, let's make this the Bachelor but football. Right. Yeah. Do you think it will work? 
I mean, I mean, you're still going to be selling B list football, right? That's a problem. Well, That's also a problem. Like Nobody's if you put been able to sell on those players twenty four seven. You're selling a reality show, right? You're not you know, like, football, you're selling reality. And like yeah, the best that, reality shows are just a bunch of stupid people like living <laughs> their life. And like who's stupider than like football players? Well, and that's the thing, you can't make it. They don't football. have college educations, you know <laughs> what I mean? Everybody everybody who's tried to go up, you know, the XFL, the AAFL, uh, oh, what's the other one? You know, the 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 other ones we talked about them in the past. We had a great episode about this. You right. can't win because your football is not actually as good. But like, what? at the end of the day, folks are like, wait, I'm paying to watch bad football. So you can't make it. In a, if the lock, lock, if you're listening to our fucking podcast, this is what Tire we're saying. Tire Sam. Like, you just got to hire me. I got the yeah. ideas. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. And oh, the Blues caught it at the fucking wall. Right, it can't be about the football. It's got to be about Hollywood. It's got to be about drama. You got to make it a reality TV show. Right. It's got to have a narrative. Like, it can't just be a sports... What's the word? That was the first iteration. They tried to bring the WWE and football together. It didn't work. And then the second time they tried to play real football and that didn't work. And the thing is, is like, you just have to have content. Like UFC did it, right? Like UFC did a whole reality TV show and then like every season ended with like a tournament. And like people were like really invested in that shit. Now UFC is like super popular. Yeah. Here's the question. Do you have to pay writers? I don't know. Reality shows don't have to pay writers, right? Yeah, reality shows don't. But what if you get writers because you've got your dumbass running back who might be, like, really compelling, but he's a fucking moron. So you hire writers to, like, write a compelling narrative for him. Does WWE have pays the running back pays their own writers no Dwayne Duak Johnson because the running back's not gonna have any money oh no are you kidding me there's so many characters to choose from like you just do it in editing it's like your running back is dumb he doesn't get any lines because it's like all of his shit gets cut you know yeah 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 like your second string outside linebacker is fucking hilarious. That guy's like the main character. It doesn't matter if he never plays. You know what I mean? Like people will it's people just, it's just, like listen to him give commentary on the game afterwards. Or like you just mic him up on the sidelines, like whatever. Winch in the show. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I I wish them the best. Do you know when are they going to start? Do they have a start date? I don't think they have a. They just bought them at a bankruptcy option, essentially. You know what I mean? Like they could take like to that group. Fifteen million dollars is like they could just take the XFL and like throw it away just yeah. for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and this does not bode well to Vince McMahon, right? Businessman McMahon, right? Yeah. But I mean, how old is he? Sixties. Sixties. No, way older than that. Yeah. Do you think he's seventy-five? Probably. Dead? Right now. Uh, okay, do we need to... Uh, I'm, I'm ready to wrap this up, I yeah, think. wrap it up. And we have covered a lot. <sighs> I am sweating. Having a great time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been dumped on the uh, ostensibly a baseball podcast. We didn't talk about like the White Sox went on a six-game winning streak. He's almost exactly seventy-five years old. Yeah, when did both be seventy-five and on August twenty-fourth? Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday month, Vince McMahon. Yeah, Donald Trump's best friend, Vince McMahon. Kyle Sam. No, I don't want to work for Vince McMahon anymore. You I want to work for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Fuck Vince McMahon. I don't want to work for the WWE. <laughs> My passion is in marketing the XFL. That's where it lies. That's the only job I will take. He's head of marketing for the XFL. Also, I have no connections in the marketing world. But you'd be so good at it. Uh, this has been Dub on the Up, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, Sam, do you want to talk about baseball in the B block? Yeah, let's do baseball in the B block. Let's actually we'll like real about... baseball B block. We'll do it. We'll do a real baseball B block. This has been a, a kind of a heavy A block, though. I got to admit, uh, we talked about all these labor union issues and. Yeah. Money and shit well, that's like, like that. What's interesting right now? Like, yeah, it's almost like sports is a business. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Not baseball though. Baseball is a national pastime. The Supreme Court said so. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Uh, you can also check us out on SoundCloud and or Spotify. Follow us on all your social media platforms. That includes Twitter at Dump on the Ump. Uh, Jason, oh, uh, Jason, we got a shout out on the White Sox broadcast, but they did not say our name. They just repeated our tweet because I feel like the. The name Dump on the Up is too scandalous. It's too edgy. Too edgy. <laughs> For the White Sox broadcast. Uh, but shout out to Benetti and Stone. I love those guys. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Tweet at us at Dump on the Ump. We also have a Facebook page. You can email us at dumponthump at gmail.com. 
for Sam. My name is Joel. Ludicrous, come on the show. Love you. Have a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>